You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Weekly Business Hour. I'm Rick Schisler. I'm your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and also the founder of OneBestConsult.com. Well, I think we put a good show together. We've got about an hour to get it to you. So without any other waste, let's move into the show. First of all, and I say this every week, but I like to remind people, the weekly business hour is where all of Montgomery County, which is where we're based in Texas, if you're listening to this outside our state, uh, that's where people come in Montgomery County to do business and talk about business and look for business ideas. We have a great conversation going on almost every day through the weekly business hour. And the way you do that is you go to our website, my website, onebestconsult.com, and you can enter into discussions there. You can talk about what's on your mind. You can seek advice. Uh, There's a lot of good things there, and basically most of them, there's no cost at all to you, but a bit of your time to engage and be willing to offer yourself your advice to others who need as well. So it's not a one-way street. Well, my first question of the day, let's get the program rolling. As I said, how far, how fast do you want to take your business? How far, how fast do you want to take your business? Uh, Folks may be surprised uh, because I mentor and advise small businesses. I've been doing this for 17 years. I was an entrepreneur prior to that. If you don't know my background, I had multiple businesses. Prior to that, I grew up in a family business. And I never cease to be amazed how many people really can't answer that question. And they may have been in business for 20 years. How far, how fast do you want to take your business? Well, first of all, I've got to do everything I can, as I do with my clients, to encourage you to answer that question. Where do you want your business to go? Because it's your business. You get a chance to make that decision. And you know that, right? I mean, a lot of people go in business for themselves because they want to be their own boss. They want to control their own future. At the same time, though, they can't or will not won't, whatever, answer the question of where do you want to take that business? What do you want to look it to look like when it comes time to exit your business, which we'll be talking about in just a few moments. So I encourage you, decide where you want to go to the business. It's a quick story. I came across a business, two guys formed the business. They had $10 million in revenue in three years. They were making little or no profit, and they had no clue where they wanted to go to, the, where they wanted to go with the business. I contend that one of the main reasons they weren't making a profit is they couldn't answer that question. So answer the question for you, your business, your family. It'll take you where you want to go as long as you implement it in a confident, quality way. Make it really, truly your business. Well, today we're going to continue with our soup to nuts conversation. Uh, It's going to be the second part of that uh, conversation, two out of four parts entitled Exiting Your Business on Your Terms. Very important. Uh, It almost seems like a misnomer, but it's do it on your terms. Why not? If you can. But it requires a little work on your part. And we're fortunate to have Tom Jordan, president of Exodus Comlink. Exodus Comlink is a firm dedicated to helping business owners successfully exit their business. It's a process. It takes time if you do it right. Tom is a specialist with the Exit Planning Institute. UBS, the Minority Business Development Agency, 
and the chief executive boards of International. He will lead us through a discussion as we started last week. We'll continue that discussion that not only touches on the steps, goes through the checklist and whatnot, but bring real life examples that possibly you can identify that will help you more successfully exit your business when it's time to do so. So I want you to listen. Part two of the conversation with Tom Jordan entitled Exit Your Business on Your Terms and also let you know the recording will be available on YouTube as well. So listen and hopefully learn. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome. We're doing a remote interview this morning. Uh, we're back with Tom Jordan. Tom's the president of Exodus CompuLink LLC. He's also a certified exit planning advisor. And in my opinion, one of the leading authorities of how to successfully exit your small business. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Rick. Glad to be back. Well, we're continuing this soup to nuts conversation about how to be successful in exiting your business. Uh, it's been a, your initial conversation with us uh, last week uh, was very informative, gave an overall view of what folks have to do. And so I guess this conversation and uh, another conversation of, or two, we're going to really kind of get in the nuts and bolts. And we'll start uh, with this wonderful, what I call roadmap that you've put together uh, to walk people through the process so they kind of get an idea of what they're getting into to really effectively, efficiently uh, and maximize their return when they exit their business. So why don't you start us and kind of walk through this roadmap uh, so that we can begin to understand the steps that need to be taken. Sure, yeah, glad to. Um, you know, whenever I meet a business owner and we begin talking about, um, you know, the, the eventual transition or exit um, from their business, the question always comes up, well, you know, how in the world do you get started? What do you do in the process and how long does it take? And um, so I put this together um, many years ago uh, with the help of the Exit Planning Institute, uh, which is an organization that uh, I belong to. I also happen to be president of their South Tex Central and South Texas chapter. And um, uh, EPI is, uh, is the leading authority in providing research and education and also certification for the, um, for the specialization in exit planning. So uh, thanks to them for this final, um, final piece. But what, what I want you to look at here, Rick, is this, this has no time frame. first of all. Um, when we meet a business owner, after we've talked to them that they're not going to decide to exit on Friday and get a check on Monday, that it takes some time really to begin planning the process. And so the, one of the first things that we need to do as advisors is we need to assess the current state of, 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 of what's going on. And that really requires us to go through a very extensive discovery. Um, and you can see here under discovery, we really can't do much until we know what we're working with and, and what we're working with is validated. So the valuation of the business is paramount in, in the early process. And we'll talk about each one of these uh, little boxes in each category just for a second. 
you know, there are a lot of different ways of getting evaluation, but, um, you know, there are market values, there are rule of thumb values, there's the value that your buddies at, uh, at uh, the country club tell you your business is worth, and, and those are all maybe great, but in, in order for us to, to, to be uh, the most help to you, we need to get a good feel for what the value of your business is today, and as a result of that, we, we would like you to have what we call a certified valuation. Now, there are a number of firms that do that. Uh, our firm provides certified valuations, but essentially it's, a, it's an exercise that will come up that will give you a range of value based upon different formulas and the different ways that you may exit your business. And that's an important starting point. The, the other uh, two areas that we need to have a good handle on is obviously we need to see your financials. We need to see a good two to three year track record of, uh, of, of all your financials. We wanna make sure they're clean. We wanna also make sure that when we uh, begin to assess true value, whether it's a multiple of EBITDA or whether it's a multiple of seller discretionary earnings, um, we wanna make sure it's accurate. Uh, and then the last piece is we have to have a good handle on, on what you're worth outside of your business. And this is called measuring the distance to goal. And we'll talk more about that in a second, uh, but it's important for us to know what you look like financially outside of your business. Because when we begin to assess and help you define what we call life after business, we need to know what are we starting with? We're, we're going to have a value for the business. We need to have a number of your net worth. And then we need to begin what we call prioritizing the action plans that are necessary to prepare you for that ultimate exit. And I mentioned earlier, timing. Timing is, 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 is important here. We think that you should be thinking of developing your exit process three to five years before you exit. Most of our owners don't exit completely overnight. They go in stages. And it's important to have each of those stages mapped out and what has to be looked at. You know, one of the things, and you, you bring up the time frame, and, and we brought it up last week, uh, and I'm, I'm on board 100%, three to five years. Uh, but I want to mention to folks that are, are listening or, or watching this, uh, this program is that in my experience over the last 15, 20 years of working with small businesses, uh, almost without exception, the owners who put the time and effort and had the patience to spend that time to develop the exit plan, they were always, again, with almost, almost without <laughs> exception, more satisfied. They, they got the money they were looking for or whatever it was they wanted to get out of selling or transferring their business uh, because it was a well thought out plan. And so in this case, I've been able to watch planning work and uh, it really does pay off in this situation. I want to ask you one question, though, kind of quickly go back. Business valuation. You know, my experience, in, again, working with people trying to sell their businesses, 
is they tend to overvalue in their opinion, which leads is one of the major reasons I encourage them to get evaluation done uh, by an outside third party because they go into the marketplace insisting like somebody's selling their house that it's going to be worth this or it's it's got to be worth this or it just puts them in a bad spot because they're they're wasting energy and time because they're not going to get that kind of money uh and on occasion i see people undervalue their business um, they don't really recognize or realize the worth uh, of their business what is your prescription or what what, what has been your experience though in dealing with people and their mindset about the value of their business. Oh, you, you're you're absolutely correct. Uh, rule of thumb: seventy, eighty percent of owners will overvalue their business, particularly if they are the founders. It's their baby, and probably it's eighty to ninety percent of their net worth. So, through a very filtered uh, set of set of glasses. And it's going to be very different than someone who's looking at potentially buying the business because they're going to be looking at it, um, you know, very differently. And uh, my training is to help the owner understand that his view may not be the same as the buyer's view. And, and that causes some consternation. And that's why the distance, the goal is important. The planning is that there is... Is, is to really have a true value of assessment um, on your business. And then that's going to help you make every major decision going forward better. Uh, whether your exit is in a year or whether it's in five years or even more, every choice, every decision you make is going to be, is going to be filtered through uh, the reality of what your business is worth and what you may need it to be worth in the future in order for you to exit well. Well, and, and, and that's an important thing. We've got a lot more roadmap to get through. We've got a couple minutes left in this segment. Why don't you pick up under the prepare column, uh, which kind of really gets into some details and lead us sure. further in the journey. I will. Yeah, the prepare is really where the work begins. Uh, the first part of our process, the discovery, that usually is a is a 90 day, maybe a four month process. Um, and once once the the priority action plan has been put together, and the timelines have been identified, uh, we go right into the work, and we really work on two tracks. One is how do we how do we continue to build the business or to shape it up. Uh, for a valuation uh, increase. In other words, is if your accounting needs to be upgraded, if your technology needs to be upgraded, if your marketing program needs to be brought into the 20th century, 21st century of using social media, for example, uh, all of these things are addressed and it could take anywhere from another year to maybe two or three years to tackle all of the issues that are addressed to shore up and to increase the, va the value of the business that you need it to be. So our work really is just beginning once we've done the discovery. And the de-risking is an important part of, of this planning as well. We, we know that um, an owner running a business has a lot of risks. Uh, and a lot of times they don't pay much attention 
to how they can go about reducing. You can't eliminate risk, that's part of life, but you can take active steps in reducing big surprises, um, uh, problems that may come up that you can't see. COVID is a great example, a recent example. Um, and then once we've addressed all of the projects that need to be dealt with, you may have to shore up and train your key people. You may have to do um, a very serious look at your operations and your supply chain process. There are a lot of things that have to be looked at. And again, we're looking at this from the eyes of a potential buyer. Our job is to work for you to give you the maximum value, the least amount of taxation, and the most amount of control uh, as you prepare for that ultimate exit. Well, Tom, uh, you got down in the nuts and bolts, but made it clear and simple to me to understand. Uh, we're to the point where we need to take our first commercial break of the day. So we'll do that. And on the other side, we'll come back and finish up the roadmap and then sort of travel down the path a little bit further. So uh, let's take a break, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be right back with you. Thanks, Coach. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. God's Garage is a 501c3 that repairs and gives away cars for free to single moms, widows, and wives of deployed military. You can help God's Garage by donating a vehicle, volunteering your time, or by monetary donation. God's Garage is located at 2106 East Davis, Conroe. If you'd like to learn more about God's Garage, visit our website at godsgarage.org. Or you can contact us and we would be glad to come and make a presentation to your group. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're having a remote conversation today. Uh, with Mr. Tom Jordan. Tom is a certified exit planning advisor and president of Exodus CompuLink LLC. Uh, you know, Tom, you, you prepared and offered this roadmap. Uh, it's part of the process that you help people walk through to, to exit their business in a successful manner. And we're down to that sort of last step. And on the chart, it says decide. Why don't you address that and tell us what that really means? Yeah, what that, what that means, Rick, is very simply, after you've gone through this process, you're going to be much more educated on not only the various, the, ver the varying ways of exiting and transitioning ownership of your business, but also the reasons why there are so many choices that you have and what are your, what's your best one? 
And we also are very open and fluid in our planning process because an owner may get to a point where they've increased their value by two or $3 million, for example, and all of a sudden they're energized and they want to stay and continue growing it for another year or two. So the planning process has to be fluid enough that it doesn't force you to exit, but it gives you the roadmap if you choose to. And then ultimately, you will reach a point uh, where you're going to decide to keep or to sell. And if you decide to keep, what's that look like? And if you decide to sell, what strategy of sale are you going to employ? And then we get into a lot of advanced planning techniques that require two or three different advisors to help you out. You know, I really like this checkoff, if you will where we do this valuation, we go through these steps like we're gonna exit. And once we have the good information, uh, and I'm assuming numbers as well as other bits and pieces of information, because a lot of times uh, I see the numbers in small business, uh, the accounting has not really been done like it should. Once you clean all that up and put it together, you put in front of me as a business owner, here's what your business really looks like and what it's worth. Now decide, do you wanna continue the exit? Or do you want to continue to grow it for a bit longer? I love that checkoff. It's tremendous. Thank you. Let's go to the next uh, uh, topic. And that's the, what we call the value gap. And let me pull that up real quick. And, um, and the value gap is, is an interesting uh, concept that, um, whoops. Click the wrong tab. Hang on just a second. We'll get there. Okay, here we go. Knowing your gaps. Uh, we, we look at in this process, in that preparation phase, early on in that, we take a look at three things. We look at, at, at your profit gap. We look at the value gap. And we look at the wealth gap. And these gaps are very important to identify early on because what goes into this is really we use the information that we've already attained. We plug in a lot of information about what you want to do, what your plans are, what your life wants, what you want your life to look like after you leave the business. And we measure uh, for you in this gap analysis the kinds of things that really, really need to be prioritized in, uh, in preparing well for that exit. You know, again, the opportunity to really get the correct actual information, like you call the profit gap, again, having the accounting, getting the operating plan really shined up, if you will, uh, which increases the value of the business. All of these things, uh, to bring you up to, as you call it, the best class. They're very valuable. They increase the value of the business, which means obviously the business owner, or I say increases the value of business. I assume in many cases it does. It's not always the case, um, but it's a wonderful, wonderful program at this point to go through. Yeah, profit gap, of course, is really, it's, 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 a, it's a process and an exercise of measuring the lost opportunity cost uh, that you have as an owner by not operating uh, as, as good as you can be and should be. And, and the reason this is important is because your profit 
uh, your net free cash flow, your EBITDA, your seller's discretionary earnings are, are the, is, is the number that is used to determine the multiple uh, that you uh, will, will have in terms of coming up with the value of your business. I mean, think about it for a second. If you have a, if you can improve your operations, your finance, your, your uh, marketing, your technology, uh, the condition of your plant or your shop, uh, all of those things. And if you can improve it by half a million dollars of profit, and by doing so, you've increased the multiple of your EBITDA from let's say four times to seven times, you, it, you know, that's a, an incredible increase in multiple on what the sale of the business would be. And we try and show that to an owner often and as it relates to the profit gap. And one thing I wanted to just caution all of you on is that when a third party buyer is looking at your business, the due diligence process that they're gonna take is they're going to, they're gonna to wanna to look for what's called an, a recasted EBITDA or an adjusted EBITDA. And essentially what that is, is they will take out a lot of things that, that most owners uh, pay for through their business, but it's, it's for personal use. It could be personal automobiles for you and your family, could be that second or third vacation home. It could be the tickets to the masters every year. It could be your box seats, you know, for the, you know, for the uh, Texans or the Cowboys. Uh, there are a lot of things that a, a, a third party buyer would be looking at and they would remove those in order to come up with a true value. Well, and again, and people need to understand that that you're not asking them to spend any money or do anything really different except enhance the value of the business. So it's there for the enhancing. It's money on the table in my perspective that they're not getting by getting a higher valuation uh, and making these adjustments that take them there. So it's a great, great step for everybody to take. And then the value gap, of course, really flows into that. And that's, you know, what, what good could you do in the business with that extra flow? In other words, well, Tom, I guess the next step is the is in your chart that you have on display forces, the value gap. What does that mean to the small business owner? Well, the, the value gap is really an extension of the identification of the profit gap. Um, and, and if you can recapture that lost opportunity of profit by taking that that additional revenue and profit and 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 reinvest it in the business in areas that either you're not spending money or in areas that you need to spend more to, to either even further increase the value of your business at the time of sale or transition. And so it's it's using the same dollar to create and multiply it into a three and four and five dollar. Well, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, again, most small business owners, in my experience, are just not aware that those things exist. Next step is the wealth gap. Obviously, at the end of the day, most of us small business owners, we need to have money to retire on or move on to our next business. Um, 
talk to us about the wealth gap uh, that we need to accumulate and understand that we're building a business that will deliver the result we're looking for. Yeah, yeah, very important and, and very often overlooked uh, component in preparing for your exit. And that is, what are you worth outside of the business? And, and, and how are, what is your net worth um, uh, made up of? Are you liquid? Are you illiquid? Are you involved in, in, in other investments that might not have the same uh, transition timing in liquidity uh, that, that you need for retirement? We really want to get a good handle on that because it becomes an important component in identifying if and how the business needs to grow in order to meet your objectives. You know, simple, a simple example is this. If we come up with a $10 million number uh, that represents what you feel you need as an owner to exit the business for good and live the rest of your life in the way you've wanted to and plan to. And we realize that, you know, the vast majority of your net worth is in your business. And particularly if it's in your business, it is illiquid at this point. Um, and so we wanna make sure that we have buckets of assets, both in your business and outside of your business, ready to be deployed uh, for uh, that eventual exit and for that lifestyle. And, and, and if we don't, what we have to do is we have to have a conversation about adjusting your objective. I mean, if you want $10 million and between your business and between your, your personal net worth, you only have six, we've got to do something. We either have to go find a way to grow four or we have to find a way to convince you to live on six. And, and those are sometimes difficult conversations, but our job is to be sober in the reality that we bring to an owner and, 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 and give them the truth and then give them a pathway to accomplish the things that they wanna do. You know, I, I personally believe, and, and again, my experience is that the, the saddest thing that can happen to a small business, it has to close. Uh, due to some, you know, something happens. But the second saddest thing is to have that conversation with the business owners. They get down closer and closer to the exit and they've invested 10, 15, 20 years or more and only to wake up and realize that the business is not going to yield them the income they thought it would uh, at that time in their life. They plan for it. Uh, their family's involved typically. And that is a very difficult conversation. And if someone does or works through this process, uh, there's no reason for that conversation to ever have to take place. Yeah, that's right. And one of the things that we do is, and we'll talk a little bit about this at the end of this show, and we'll go much deeper into the uh, future uh, shows, is that we, we provide an assessment uh, that is very easy to, to take. It's 15 minutes. It's online. It's non-invasive in terms of financial information. We don't store the data or market it to anyone. But it's a, it's, it's a very good assessment that addresses these gaps that we've just covered. Exodus Coplink 
www.exitplanning.com and just hit exit planning and you'll find it right there. And we'd love to help you out and, and we don't charge anything for it. And you get a nice 40 page report that uh, kind of identifies where you're doing well and where you need to need to make improvements. Well, great information, Tom. We're at the end of the second segment now. Uh, we're going to take another commercial break and then continue this conversation with Tom Jordan about how to successfully sell or exit your business. So please stay with us and we'll be right back. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from any sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org. Second Saturday Divorce Workshop provides unbiased information to help you understand your options and move forward with your life. This divorce workshop is for you if you are contemplating divorce, in the process of divorce, already filed for divorce, or post-divorce. You will explore the emotional, legal, and financial aspects of divorce from professionals who have guided others through divorce. For more information on this divorce workshop, contact SecondSaturdayWoodlands.com or call 832-375-0900. Hey y'all, it's DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Diamond, Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we've been visiting with Tom Jordan. He's the president of Exodus CompuLink LLC. We've been talking about exit strategy, and this is part of a soup to nuts conversation that stretches out over several interviews uh, with Tom. So if you really want to have a really thorough understanding about how to successfully exit your business, I encourage you to listen to all parts of this interview. Today is part two. And Tom, our, our next topic, uh, what you call the five Ds, uh, definitely uh, looking at the slide, these are contingencies that people need to at least check off against. Why don't you talk to us uh, about the five Ds, perhaps uh, death, disability, kind of clue us in and why that's important. Sure, yeah, yeah. As, as I mentioned um, uh, early on in, in this segment, uh, the process of de-risking uh, is an important aspect of, of, of a well-developed exit plan and an exit strategy. And even though we don't plan for this, we know things happen. And uh, we call it the five Ds. Uh, actually, there are more Ds, and I'll tell you what those are that we've run into over the years. But the main ones are death, disability, divorce, disagreement, and distress. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about each of these and how you can, how you can address uh, uh, things that you can control uh, as it relates to potentially you dying. So if you look at death first, um, you know, you're in the middle of an intersection and are T-boned, boom, you don't come back to work. What happens the next morning 
in your business? Uh, where's, where's the key to the safe? Who calls the banker to let them know that you're no longer there? Um, there are so many things that happen in what I call, you know, it's the black box initial of, of, of the sudden, um, you know, removal of you as, as the owner and your partners if you have them. So the, the aspects of how you have prepared contingencies is an important aspect of planning. We, we, we do that. We prepare uh, continuity plans for owners and it literally is a book with a step-by-step -step process of who needs to be contacted, who needs to communicate to the employees, where the where the checkbooks, where the keys to all of the file cabinets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then we also plan that same process for your family. Um, and it's an important aspect. We don't like to think about it, but death does happen. Uh, so looking at your buy-sell agreement, making sure it's current, making sure the valuation stated in it, are accurate, making sure that it addresses death, but it also addresses your lifetime exiting as well. Now, disability uh, is something that statistically can happen off more often than you die. And so the, the aspect of you becoming disabled and not you not being able to continue your work uh, as you have been, particularly if you're a major player in your marketing or your customer relations or any other aspect that you play a large role in uh, can, be, can be very, very daunting. So I'll pause here and Rick, see if you have any comments or questions before I go to the rest of the Ds. Well, it's funny, uh, as someone who's also been trained in the law, uh, the, the death situation in my mind and the disability, they they stand on their own almost. Every business owner or every individual needs to have some kind of plan, whether in the case of death or will. But I actually did a case where uh, we had somebody just left a one-page written instructions, uh, giving some of the information you mentioned, checkbooks, keys, things, but who they felt were best qualified to take over within the company certain responsibilities. And it sure made a huge difference in the operation of the business, it made a huge difference to their surviving spouse that people went through, this individual went through these stages, kept it close to his vest. Nobody was aware of it until his uh, untimely passing, uh, totally unexpected. Uh, but the business yeah. was able to continue to operate literally from the first day uh, that he was not able to be there and run the business. And uh, ultimately the business was packaged and sold uh, but it took time and the patience of the widow and the family. Uh, the same thing's true for disability. So, but death is really one that folks need to pay attention to. And obviously in connection with what we're talking about today, your exit strategy. Yeah, and one of the biggest areas that has, uh, that has the deepest and biggest time bombs is, is in the operating agreement language and the buy-sell agreement language as it, as it relates to death and disability. I'll share a real quick example with you just to show you how important it is to have this reviewed. We have a, uh, we have a company we're working with now and the, uh, the partners were both covered with life insurance to fund their buyout. 
agreements that they had. Well, it turns out that the, the ownership of the life insurance and the way it was um, way it was put in the contracts and the beneficiaries created the death benefit as taxable income to the business as opposed to tax-free income. And that cost the business about $350,000. Just something simple as the ownership of life insurance contracts being incorrect on how the language in the buy-sell agreement stated it didn't match up. It created that additional problem with the company. So these are, these are serious issues. Let's go on to uh, divorce. That's a big one. Divorce is a reality in our, in our culture. Unfortunately, we know the statistics, you know, half, half of the people who get married end up getting divorced. Um, and I should say now these days, uh, more than once. And so, you know, happens to you and uh, your will states that your wife or your husband, if you're the owner uh, as a woman, uh, get the business and they don't know the first thing about running the business nor do your existing partners want your spouse involved in running that business, you've got some problems. So you want to really take a look at this and really work with your attorney uh, to make sure that you are, you are covering as many of the bases as you can, even though you hope and you pray that divorce never happens. But I've seen some really ugly scenarios uh, in my work with owners over the years when a divorce occurs and there's ownership interest involved. Any comment on that, Rick? Well, you know, it's it, it, the divorce situation that sticks in my mind that I, I saw was uh, that the exit had to be premature in order to fund the divorce, so to speak, to split the, you know, because the spouse that was uh, not involved in the business wanted to be paid and uh, was not going to had any interest in being involved in the business uh, with the spouse that she was divorcing. Uh, so she forced the sale, the premature sale of the business, uh, which as you well know, when you hold it, it's called a fire sale. Uh, so the return is, uh, is not a good thing. It's nowhere near what it could have been if done properly and patiently. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the, the final one is distress. Uh, and, and, you know, I think COVID has taught us, I think here recently that uh, uh, distress can occur and it can make, it can have major interruptions uh, that, uh, that can have the effect on uh, business as usual and also growing your business, particularly if you are in the process of, of, of your transition or exit. Some of the other Ds that are not mentioned here are declining sales. Uh, disinterest, uh, debt, uh, and defections. Um, we see businesses having major changes because some of their key people just leave. Uh, so there are a lot of, lot of issues that come under what we call the unplanned exit options. Um, and, and those need to be addressed in that de-risking uh, phase of our planning with you. Yeah, I think you, you make an excellent point about the distress and talking about, you know, business interruption insurance. And of course, there's a nationwide 
battle going on that a lot of folks may not be aware of is using the, the COVID as a situation, an example of where business interruption would, uh, insurance would come into play. Of course, the insurance companies are fighting that. Uh, but the idea is the distress. You know, you set these exits up, Tom, even if you follow your plan and you're three to five years and you make it, everything has to keep running. And any of these mm -hmm. things can happen to cause a pause uh, and people need to be aware of that and uh, don't need to be on pins and needles every day worried about somebody leaving or, you know, a disagreement with partners or different things that can happen. Uh, but you got to you got to do your best to plan for those risks so you don't lose or go off the track of what your ultimate goal is. And that's to exit the business. No doubt. Yeah, there's no question about that. And uh, we, we have a lot of research uh, in this area and some of the psychological aspects uh, that we've made reference to, but we don't have time to cover any of that today. Um, I do want to close with, um, I had mentioned earlier, the um, uh, assessment that we uh, we provide. I think it's something I wanted to show you um, just really quickly. If you go to my website, exoduscomplink.com, uh, hit exit planning and hit exit readiness, what will pull up is you either have a mobile version or you have a, you can do this at your desktop. But essentially, and I have a little video here, it's about a minute and a half, it'll tell you a little bit about the assessment and uh, what we ask and what we don't. Uh, but all you need to do is go to this assessment, complete the, um, uh, the fields, email address, go to next, and it'll ask you 22 questions, takes about 15 minutes, and it will produce within 24 hours a detailed custom report that I think can begin to be the call, you know, the essence of potentially a roadmap for you as you dwell into this big area of preparing for your exit. You know, Tom, you asked me when we first met and visited about you doing this uh, series with us, uh, had me uh, take the, the test or the assessment. And I was very, very interested uh, the results and the information uh, stuff I'd never thought about that, you know, really gets me into the process. Uh, it's, it's amazing. So I encourage people to try that out. If you're listening or watching this program, because I think it's, uh, even if you're not really considering your exit, which I think you always should, uh, it's a good place to start. Well, Tom, I can't thank you enough for taking time to talk to us today. As I mentioned earlier, this is the uh, second of a series of conversations about how to successfully exit your business. And next week, we'll have another uh, segment and discussion. Tom, what are we going to touch on next week? Next week, I'm, I'm going to go in, into, I'm actually going to go, go through and show you uh, each step of the way that an exit plan takes you. There are nine essential modules that I take a business owner through. So we'll divide them into three uh, topics um, uh, as we go through that. And it'll give you an idea, uh, uh, give the listener an idea of, of what they would expect to be doing and what they would expect to get out of going through an exit planning process. And I think you'll, you'll like the detailed nature of the presentation. Well, thank you so much. And I, I look forward to that because I think now we're really uh, getting in the harness and pulling forward 
a lot of great information here. And again, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you'll join us again next week as we talk further about the exit strategy that will put you where you want to be in your business. Thanks so much. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936-441-8778. Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service is all about extending knowledge and providing solutions. We do that by using science-based information to create high-quality and relevant education for the people of Texas. More importantly, this outstanding education is delivered locally, right here in our county. We encourage lasting and effective change that helps our communities and our county thrive. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Tom Jordan. Uh, next week, of course, we'll have part three of that, so I hope you'll tune in and listen to part three of that conversation. I wanna thank Tom again for sharing his story, his wisdom, his experience on how you as a business owner can more successfully exit your business. For more information about what Tom does, let me give you that website if you didn't pick it up. It's Exodus, E-X-O-D-U-S, Complink, C-O-M-P-L-I-N-K.com. That's ExodusComplink.com. Well, the tip of the week. This is the part of the program where I like to try to impart some knowledge to you, perhaps stimulate some questions from you. And, and be sure, if you have questions, send the emails. Just send them to onebestconsult at gmail.com. That's the number one, bestconsult at gmail.com. And I love the questions and the observations about the program, anything business that you want to talk about. Well, today I'd like to talk about how do I decide what issue to take on first now that the CDC and the government are leaving my business. Because I suspect many or most or maybe all businesses have issues related to the fact that business has been in a different place almost for everybody over the last six, 12 months or even longer. So there are issues that need to be addressed. How do you decide which ones to take on first? Well, if you've got some choices, I believe. First, uh, Usually you can look at the return. What are you going to get? If you take that issue on, you solve the challenge, you meet the challenge, what is going to be your return? In other words, I can invest this much money, this much time, uh, this much with employees. And if I get that all worked out, I'll get this kind of return. And remember, return is not just dollars and cents. It can be on building your employees' morale, improving your culture. Um, and this applies, of course, not just to employees customers, vendors, all the people that make your business work. So evaluate these issues, make a list, and see what kind of return that you can get and make your decision based on the highest return. Or you can do the low-hanging fruit first. That's a typical way to meet multiple challenges. Hit that low-hanging fruit quickly, take on everything that you can take off the board, the challenges you can button up, and then move on. And that is another valid approach. Instead of taking on a high value project or issue 
that's going to take a lot of time, perhaps a lot of money, etc. You take on all the low-hanging fruit and you take numbers off the board instead of the most critical or, or most the highest rate of return issues. Either way works. I think it's important though that you rank each project. Rank each project after you make your list and evaluate it. This is not a long drawn out process, I promise you. I do it all the time with clients, okay? When we have issues and we don't know where to go first. Sometimes the answers are obvious because you gotta do one before you do the other and these kinds of things. But rank the issues and then put together an action plan for each one if it's needed. A lot of times it's not, but think through it so you have a clear picture. This will take a week, this will take two weeks, six weeks, I'll have to hire someone. Just answer some basic questions so you have a real good idea because you want to be able to convey that to your participants, whether it be employees, vendors, customers, or all three. You want to be able to convey it because if the communication is just so critical. In fact, I believe communication is the single most important thing we can do in a business at all different levels and all different kinds. So you've got to evaluate, in my opinion, before you can communicate. And again, I'm not trying to push you into a long, drawn-out situation. You know, a mentor, advisor, a coach like myself and many others can help you put together these plans and guide you. So if you need help, reach out. There are people in your community that can help you do this. Well, please plan to join us next week right here on Lone Star Community Radio at 11 a.m. for part three of our conversation with Tom Jordan entitled Exiting Your Business on Your Terms. And remember that we've got Patrick Wook coming up, director of the McNair Center for Entrepreneurship and Free Enterprise. His first heart of the hustle is in the can, and we'll look forward to broadcasting it around the 1st of June. Also look for a video and podcast of today's show on the weekly business hour page of IR Lone Star, OneBestConsult.com, or our Facebook page for the weekly business hour. Take a look, share it if you will with others, get other business people involved in what we're doing. It's so important. And thank you, and until next week, stay engaged in what's important in your business. Thanks.